Welcome to another episode of the Case Conley Podcast. Today's episode will be coming out on March 31st. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I mean, we have the Final Four this weekend. I kind of discussed that, though. We can go a little deeper into that. NBA regular season was winding down. I was planning on doing that next week. I didn't know what to talk about. So then I was thinking, you know what? What have I been paying attention to? I'm paying attention to the Major League Baseball. This is the most I paid attention to Major League Baseball, I think, in my entire life. These changes, the regular season, the parody, the WBC. Uh, when I was a kid, I played baseball until like fifth or sixth grade, I believe. It just got boring to me. It just got boring. It's just boring. I thought. And, and, and the more I watch, I, I like getting into it, but it is still a little bit boring. And there's a lot of games and all this, but I sat down and I was like, you know what? Let me try to dive in. Let me try it. And the number one thing this whole offseason has been the new rules. And it's all been changed to make me like baseball more. The common fan, the casual sports fan who doesn't care about baseball because it's too long or too boring. They needed to speed it up. They wanted to get people like me who love sports but get sick of baseball until October to pay attention. And what have they done the last few years? I mean, the changes this year. One of my favorite changes in baseball has been the second, I think it's the second man rule. I don't even know what it's called. When you go to extra innings, they put a runner on second base. That makes extra innings so much more enjoyable. You're not sitting here until it's the 19th inning and it's 4 a.m. in the morning in Baltimore and it's 0-0. I love the new changes. The shift. All right, so let's start with the shift. The old rule, once again, you could line up in your infield however you like. In baseball, we have certain hitters who are bad at hitting in one spot. So what do you do? You move players over. It's like running a zone. It's like sagging off somebody. But then they just get out all the time. Because they can only hit it in that spot. So what did they do? New rule. The time of the pitch, all four infielders have to be two on each side of second base. So now the shift is over. I like that. I like it. It makes the batting average go up. What's hurting it is just people on base. There's not enough people getting on base. League-wide batting average down to 243 in 2022, which is the lowest since 1968. What's really hurt has been the lack of singles. We're seeing singles at the lowest almost in all-time history in the last five years. So we're going to try it, right? They tried it last year in the minor league season. What happened? Left-handed hitters had a batting average of eight points higher. I think it's a good thing. I think all the hitters love the shift because you never had to deal with it until you got to the majors. No one in the minors... No one in college, no one young ever does that. So I like it. It's hard to explain. I, I watched that game with one of my cousins last year. He doesn't really understand sports all that much yet. He kind of does. He plays a little bit of t-ball. He asked, 
why are there three guys on that side of the field? Who is who? I didn't even know who is who. Is it that third base from the shortstop? Shortstop plays shortstop. Let's not shift them around. So I like that rule. More action, which is what we want. The pitch clock. Actually, we'll talk about the pitch clock later. The pitch clock's the only one that I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on, and I'll explain why. The new pickoff rule. You can only have two step off per plate appearance. On your third one, you'll be caught charged with a balk, advancing the runner. I like it. It's supposed to add more stolen bases. Obviously, there's, if you look at the, the numbers, in the 1980s, 1990s, stolen base rates hovered around 0.75. They're 0.51 last year. Once again, more action, more things on the base path. I like that. Speeds up the game as well. You're not going to see as many people stepping off. I like it. It happened in the minors. When the pickoff rules went in effect, single A high, boom. We're seeing a lot more stolen bases. Bigger bases. Bases increased from 15 inches to 18 inches. I didn't think that was that big of a deal, to be completely honest with you. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but it's a massive big of a deal. It's a massive thing. It's a massive. This is like changing this, the rim, like, like making the rim 9-5. Yeah, everyone else is going to dunk. We're going to see a lot more cool dunks. Kind of what it is. We're going to see a lot more stolen bases. I don't think that it'll be that big of an issue because it's still hard to steal a base, A. Still hard to steal base. And you can still step off and pick them off. It's it's not like the pickoff is gone. You just have to be smart about it. You can't just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So I like it. It's a W. Also helps with injuries. Size of the bags. Lower bags had more collisions. Bigger badge, you'll have less collisions. Okay. I like that. Now, position changes. I didn't think this was that big a deal. It, position players won't be able to pitch unless they're up by like 10 runs, I think it is. Or eight runs. I, I can't remember. It's too many position players have been playing and it's it's just a thing. There were 32 instances of it happening in 2017. Last year was 132. That's a lot. I don't understand how to fix that. Maybe I'm just not a big enough face-off man to understand why it's happening or what what's not to fix that. I don't know. I kind of brushed over that one. Kind of whatever. So now the big thing is the pitch clock. Pitchers now have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and 20 with runners on base. Hitters will have to be in the batter's box with eight seconds on the pitch clock. Hell will be enforced. If they did not start the motion to deliver the pitch by the clock, he'll be charged with a ball. If the batter doesn't get in the box, he'll be charged with a strike. They have multiple um, clocks, kind of like play clocks in football. Each side of the field, the batter will get one. The pitcher gets one. The umpires have technology that will tell them when the pitch clock expires. And they also are now able to communicate. I think it's a watch. I'm not sure what it is. They can talk to everybody in the infield so they don't have to meet, which should speed it up. So again, they're just trying to change the, pay, the pace of play. The average nine-inning major of the game in 2022 was three hours and four minutes. It's just too long. It hit the three-hour mark in 2014. It is just too long. It's too long. That's just what it is. It's too long. We have to speed up the games. They did it in the minor leagues, two-hour and 39-minute games. I even saw them in, in spring training, and they were smaller games. Now, this one is very back and forth. Okay, I, I understand this. Obviously, you don't 
want teams to rush decisions. And that's why I thought, personally, I was like, why aren't these changes implemented in the playoffs? Bring it back to where there's no pitch clock in the playoffs. Kind of like two different games, though. Kind of like the NFL overtime, but it's, it's more important to the game. I like the pitch clock. I might get just think it might be a too long or too short, excuse me. I would have liked to see them first maybe go. I like the shot clock. When they tried the shot clock, they went from no shot clock to 35 seconds. College realized, okay, 35 seconds is still, it's long. Let's just make it 30 seconds. Obviously, the NBA is at 24. That was kind of fine. I was okay with that. Let's try things out. So I would have liked to see them maybe try 25 seconds with people on base, 20 with people off base, to see how that works for a year or two, and then maybe switch it. I would have liked to see that. But I'm not really frustrated about that. But with these rule changes, with the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, the World Cup for baseball, more people have been talking about baseball, especially early in the spring training-ish, than ever. I think it's positive for the game. And I think part of these rule changes was bringing the attention back to the game. And I think they've done a really good job of that. And the WBC, I think, played out almost as well as Major League Baseball could have wanted it. Your two best players were on the plate on blast out of the game in front of millions of people. Those two guys are on the same team. One of them is a revolutionary player who pitches and catches. The other one might be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, baseball player of all time. The stars were on display. Saw Trey Turner make a name for himself with his, his great WBC, which, I mean, he already had a name for himself, but to even more people, to common people. I think that it's good. I don't care about baseball till the postseason normally. This year, I will be paying more attention. It's opening day. I, I saw Aaron Judge hit a home run earlier today. I watched it. I don't think I've, I don't know the last time I watched oh, an opening day baseball game. I don't know the last time before today. So I think they've done a good job. I mean, also with this, I, I think we need to talk about the betting perspective and how that's helped. The nerfy, no run first inning is one of the most popular bets at all sports books, any sport. No runs in the first inning. It's good. People are paying attention. The big thing about baseball is that everyone says it's a dying game. I agree. I think it's a little bit of a dying game. But they're doing a great job to fix it, a great job to combat it. And pick up the action. We want to see more action. There are elite players that we want to see more of. And I think with these rules, we're going to start seeing more of, the, more of it. We're going to see more of these power lefties not care about the shift anymore and then get on base. We're going to see more of the fastest players on the planet. We're going to see more steals, which is awesome. Who doesn't want to see more steals? More action on the base paths. In a faster game. Once the game go faster. I think we all do. And I, I think that's why the, the new rules were good. And Rob Manafred is not a liked man, the MLB commissioner. He's not a liked man at all. I, I, he, he could... I saw a video about it that, that this guy who makes MLB content on Twitter, Castiani, he said it perfectly. He could cure cancer, but we'd find a way, everybody in sports, especially around the major league, would find a way to just still blame Rob Manfred for something. I think they're good rules. I like these rules. They're good. So, obviously, maybe a couple tweaks in here that maybe could have been changed, but overall, I like the rules. And I think they're going to be very positive moving forward. 
I'm curious to see how the numbers will look when it comes when the season ends and we see some of these totals like batting average and stolen bases and home runs and time of games and audiences on national television. I'm excited to see how that's going to go because we're still dealing with issues where we don't even know what's really happening with some of the local regional sports. We don't even know what's going to happen with that. Like battle sports, box sports, Detroit, kind of those type of things. We we don't know what's going to happen with those. We've seen obviously box sports had to cut down some, some deals. Bally sports came out. I mean, we're seeing all these things even change. So it's definitely going to be something to take an eye on, but this baseball season, there's a lot of excitement and I think it's good for the game. And I think the changes, obviously, were reason for that. The WBC was reason for that. And they have to keep this momentum. And hopefully, we obviously see more action. Closer games. More runs. That's what we want to see. And obviously, people are going to complain about it. And we're going to have purists that are going to be mad about it. But they're going to be mad about anything. We've had purists mad about everything ever. Bat flipping. I love bat flipping. I love. One thing I hate about baseball. I know every sport kind of has it, but their unwritten rules are stupid to me. In basketball, their unwritten rules, like when a guy dunks, you don't hit him from behind. That's kind of just a rule. There's some unwritten rules, yeah. The baseball unwritten rules are stupid. If a guy hits a home run, he should be able to backflip and backflip if he wants to to first base. I... It's a celebration. Have we not seen the three-point celebrations? Have we not seen the touchdown celebrations? It's very similar to me, but we're going to have guys throw at each other for that and get mad and fight. It's like eight-year-old kid things. So, I mean, that's one thing I've never liked about baseball. It's just old time. We have to keep it. We want to see flashy players. We want to see the new gear. We want to see these guys express themselves, be themselves, bat flip. I want to see pitchers yelling at the at, at the batters. I want to see smack talk. I want to see that. That's what that what makes sports great. I feel like some people are trying to hold that in from baseball, make it a gentleman's game. It's a sport. And we want to see the highest, best competition of it. And with that can come celebrations. It can come the smack talk and come all that. But that's what makes sports sports. So obviously with these changes, positive moving forward for the MLB. I'm excited. I will be tuned in. How long? We'll find out, I guess. I'll, maybe I'll update you guys weekly on how many games I've watched. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm excited. There's, there's some players that are really exciting to watch. Learning from the WBC a little bit. Obviously, superstars in their own right. I'm excited. And I think there's some really good teams this year. Obviously, you got the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros. Andre's fighting for a spot. The Mets fighting for a spot. The Braves fighting. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams. See if the Angels, is, is it finally Otani and Trout's year when we were talking about them? I'm excited. I think there's a lot of parody for the first time in a while, just like the NBA. There's a ton of parody. Overall, I'm just excited. I'm excited for baseball. I'm excited to see what happens. So when we come back, we will talk a little bit of the NBA with regular season ending. And so many teams are so close. We could see teams making the play-in, teams being the three seed. Very back and forth. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit of the NBA. <laughs> Welcome back to the Case Pally Podcast. And 
We're just going to talk a little bit of the NBA, and I think the big topic when it comes to the NBA right now is the MVP race. It's been one of the tightest MVP races we've ever seen in the entire NBA history between Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. I saw the ESPN just did a straw poll between their analyst, and I believe it was two votes more for Embiid. I think Nikola Jokic is the MVP. It's kind of simple. He's just the best player in the league right now. I mean, he's almost having a triple-double. He's on the best team. Or, what, the second best team win-wise, win percentage-wise in the league? Number one team in the West? I mean, he's just been spectacular. And and, and I know we, we get into this lull of we don't want to give the same guy MVP all the time. I get it. Michael Jordan could have won a bunch more, and he didn't. LeBron could have won three or four more, but we didn't want to give it to the same guy. My opinion, James Harden missed out on one because he won one. I thought he should have won another one. And, and I know that it's oh, Jokic three times in a row. Do we really want to give it to him three times in a row? Yeah, he deserves it. He, he is the best player this season. And Embiid's been great, don't get me wrong. Embiid has been the second best player. He hasn't been the first. I mean, it, it, this the excuses. There's never excuses for Embiid, but there's always excuses for Jokic. He stat pads. He doesn't play defense. All this stuff, and they win. And he puts up ridiculous numbers. It's just what he does. And, and, and I don't like that. We don't want to give it to him three times in a row. It doesn't matter. If he deserves it, then he deserves it. It's, it's kind of plain and cut and simple. It's really not that hard. And that's, that's, that's a very frustrating thing for me, at least, when I'm looking from the outside, is he is the best. He is. So that's a big key to debate. We also just have some crazy playoff races. I mean, when you look at the Phoenix Suns, who shout out to the Sacramento Kings earlier this week, their first postseason appearance in the last 16 years. Shout out to the Kings. And I think they're a team that nobody wants to play. Watch, they're, they're dangerous. I love De'Aaron Fox. I love Sabonis. I love the way that they're being built. They're going to be really good in the next couple of years. But, I mean, once again, from the Phoenix Suns, who are the, the four seed right now, 41 wins, 41 and 35. Dallas is out right now. They're the 11th team, and they have 37 wins. I mean, there's enough time that the Suns could completely be out of it if they lose out, and the Mavs could be the four seed if they lose out or went out. So it's pretty wild right now. Obviously, Dallas on the way looking out. As of now, the Thunder are in. We have Timberwolves, Lakers, Pelicans, and Thunder in the play-in games. And I've said this all year. No one wants to see the Lakers. Their teams are praying the Lakers lose in the play-in because you just don't want to play against LeBron and AD. Their team could be... Playing with three JV girls basketball players, nobody wants to see LeBron. Even though, even what Mario Chalmers says that people are afraid of LeBron, not afraid of LeBron, everyone is. Nobody wants to play him. So obviously, they're right there in contention. The Pelicans are interesting. If Zion can come back, that's an interesting spot. I don't, I don't know. OKC is another interesting spot. They said they were going to sit shy, but they're not. Dallas obviously has to get in. Or else it could be a massive blow-up moment for the Mavs. Just completely rebuild around Luka because it's just been a disaster and Kyrie has not worked. I mean, there's incidents more about him kicking fans out. 
than winning games, and they have to win games. That's what they have to do. And Luca, I mean, there's been some interesting press conferences too about Luca saying he's not having as much fun. So we don't know what it's about. There could be a lot more behind the scenes that we don't know about. But just from the outsider's perspective, does not look good, especially for Kyrie Irving because he's a great player. But once again, when you have that on the front of your shirt, in the front of your jersey, in the front of him on his head, no notepad on his head that just says a team killer. Sometimes he really does look like a team killer. And now it looks like another time that he looks like a team killer. But I digress. Kevin Durant made his debut home debut earlier this week. Did not go well, but he did look good. It's good to see him healthy. And the Suns, another team there. It's so interesting looking at these playoff matchups. Because once again, you could be Golden State looking at the Kings right now, but if you lose one game, all of a sudden you're in the play-in and you got to play yourself in. And you might have to play Memphis or Denver. So it's... It's a very tough seat, tough thing for them to figure out. So the the seeding right now, that's why you went you up you have to win as many games as possible. That's especially what the race is right now in the West. In the East, kind of more cut and dry. Although the play-in right now between Brooklyn, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, kind of. But we have our cut dry four top teams. The Knicks kind of being 4.5, kind of, but I think there, there's some very interesting matchups. Cleveland against New York would be a great matchup in round one. Just like I think a little rematch could be perhaps Atlanta-Milwaukee. We could see Miami-Boston. We could see some really tough. And the playing teams are really tough this year. We talk about how great parity the NBA is. Nobody wants to see Miami. I can tell you that. Nobody in the East wants to see Miami. Just like nobody wants to see the Lakers or the Pelicans or even the Warriors if they slip into that plan. I mean, the Warriors... The Warriors is just 9-29 and 29 on the road. The only teams worse than that, there's only three teams worse than that. The Houston Rockets, the, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Detroit Pistons, who are all out of contention. They've been horrendous on the road. But, once again, when you're at home and you have 31 wins, and that's, what, I think two less, three less? Two less than the Grizzlies for the top? I mean... The, the, no one wants to see the Warriors. They're starting to hit their stride. When Curry, when they're all healthy, nobody wants to see them. So it, it's very simple. But this has been one of the most intrigued I've been to an end of the NBA regular season because the matchups are really good too. We're seeing these teams play each other. We're seeing the Lakers play the Timberwolves. The Sun play the Timberwolves. Uh, the Clippers just played the Grizzlies. We're seeing some good late season matchups to add to the drama, which is who can, who's going to be in, who's going to be out, who's in the plan, which I love the plan. Talk about changes in the MLB. The plan, I wasn't for, to be completely honest. I wasn't for when it first came. I thought it was a little bit too much. Uh, we were Adam Silver was being a little too much. I love it. Because it gives some of these teams chances who should be in. Like the Pelicans and the Thunder have had great years, especially for what they should have been. Well, Pelicans injured. The Thunder have been fantastic this year. I mean, Utah's a couple games out. Utah's been fantastic. And, you know, maybe they should get a chance. I'm happy to see that. I mean, teams like the Raptors have just been able to hang in there. It's interesting seeing how these matchups could come out because we could be seeing some crazy matchups in the first round, like wild matchups, which I'm excited about. That's why it's what we want to play, though. And, it, and it's so it's so nice to see the parody of this back compared to when we saw Cleveland and Golden State every single year. That was cool, and it was really fun to watch this, that rivalry play out. But after a while, we want to see new teams. We want to see more rivalries, and we're finally starting to see that. We're starting to see some of these unique teams 
fit their way in. Like, very interesting thing to me is we could possibly see it's for the first time. It's kind of reminded me of the NCAA tournament where we might not see the actual best team in the NBA finals. I think Denver's the best team, but we might not see Denver in the finals. I mean, as of now, if you look at it right now, as of, as of now, I mean, there could be a way that we could see the Kings easily kind of making the finals without having to, without avoiding Phoenix, avoiding a lot of teams. So it, it's interesting to see that kind of play out. I mean, once again, anyone can win. I, and I think that it's truly for this NBA season. When I look at the teams I legitimately think can win the NBA Finals, I think the Denver Nuggets can. I think the Memphis Grizzlies can. I think Sacramento Kings can. I think the Phoenix Suns can. I think the LA Clippers can. I think the Golden State Warriors can. I even think the Lakers can. That's eight teams. All eight teams right now that could get in. Seven, eight teams. I still think Dallas could. If Dallas gets hot once again with Kyrie and Luka, they could be anybody. And you look at the East. I mean, even you have teams like Miami. They're good enough to get back. So... I think we Miami, of course, the top heavy. I think we actually have four, four, maybe five legitimate teams that can make a run. I mean, we're gonna have some great matchups of like Cleveland, Milwaukee in the second round. It's gonna be great matchups. I think Boston's uh Philly, we'll run it back. I'm excited for some of those matchups. But I, I think it's very important to notice that parity is good. Like it's good to not have really good teams sometimes. And we obviously have some really good teams, so we it's very even, very even playing field in the NBA right now, and it's fun to watch, and it's just, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I could have told you the last six, seven, eight years who I thought was going to make the finals, and it was probably going to be right, just because there was only a couple teams actually competing. Now we have a lot of teams going for it, and, and, and I get, I tip my cap to teams like the Kings, who, of course, kind of rebuilding, kind of not there yet, but they're, they're going all in. I've seen teams like the Timberwolves, who went all in. And they're still kind of going all in with this Gobert. I mean, seeing teams like the Knicks decide, you know what, we're going to go all in. I don't, I don't care that the Bucks and the Celtics are here. We're, we're good enough when we go all in. And in the year of, we thought everyone would start losing for Wabanyama, which, I mean, there are some very bad teams, like the Pistons and the Rockets and the Spurs, who all need Wabanyama. There's not that many bad teams. I mean, the next worst team is the Magic, who, who I believe just beat two playoff teams in the last week. So uh, there are some good teams. Portland with Dame, I mean, that's the sixth worst team in the league, and, that, and that's not even that bad of a team, to be honest. So it's interesting to see this all parody. And in the years of it, – it's, it's funny to watch in the year of the big money and the big NBA deals and the NIL deals and the transfer portal in college, we're still seeing the same magic that we normally see in sports. That's what makes sports great. What makes sports great is that we get to watch Florida Atlantic and San Diego State play in the Final Four. Send me the brackets, please. At, at me, tag me in anything if, if you guys had a bracket with either of those two teams in it. But that, that's why we, it's why we watch sports. It's why we play sports. And it's great to just have that back in the NBA. And, you know, everyone talks about how soft it is and all this. I, I, I've seen more heart this year from some of these teams than ever. So I think they know this is a real open and a competitive time where it's night in, night out. It's it's tough. So I'm excited for the NBA playoffs. Once again, those start in the next couple of weeks. We'll see, obviously, with the MVP voting. Obviously, I don't think 
Listen, if if Embiid wins, I won't be mad. Uh, he deserves it, but I think Jokic does too. And I think Jokic is not getting as much appreciation as he should be, as if this was his first year making a run at the MVP. So when we come back next Tuesday, we're going to have a guest on Friday. Excited for that. Uh, next Friday's episode. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to talk about that Final Four. Wrap up the Final Four, wrap up our national champion, who will be crowned on Monday night. Along with that, we're going to talk some more of the NBA. Once again, as we keep seeing these teams get eliminated, who's in, who's out, we're going to talk a little bit of the NFL draft coming up. See if there's any developments in the Lamar Jackson situation, which is still the Tennessee Titans. Please go get him. Please go get him. So it got, got a loaded week the next coming up. Thanks for joining me for another episode. We'll be, we will be back next Tuesday. Thanks for joining us.